Okay, let's start with a question. How many of us went to business school when we started up in business? I expect there won't be a particularly large show of hands. No, and that's because most of us decided to go into business just doing something that we love or maybe something that we're really good at doing. It's usually a little way down the line that we start to reflect on not actually gaining a grounding in the useful things like sales, marketing, finance and operations. Yeah, and that's when it all starts to feel, well, a bit difficult. I'm Nikki. I've been running businesses since 2004 and I'm the founder of The Growth Community, which is a place where businesses come to network and support each other's business success. And I'm James and I started my business back in 2020, helping businesses, brands and organisations to unlock the power of podcasting, basically using audio as a way to market and grow their business. Well, in our line of work, we both meet a lot of businesses and we're constantly learning new things from being around them. Every day literally is a business school day. So we thought, why not grab some of this good stuff and turn it into a podcast? So please take your seats. Class is about to start. Hello class and uh, welcome back. We have uh, a very special guest joining us. Please introduce yourself. Hi there, my name is Zoe Taylor. I am a Chartered Financial Advisor um, working out of Yorkshire. So we are talking about financial planning, a nice, easy, small subject that I'm sure we can cover in a couple of minutes flat (laughs) because, you know, there's nothing complicated about it at all. Um, Let's just kind of um, prefix this by saying that what we're talking about today is is kind of geared towards someone who is relatively new into business or perhaps it's something that is on the horizon for them but this might be stuff that's interesting or uh, might be useful for anyone wherever they are on their kind of business journey because it's a good chance to double check that you've got the right things in place and that you're doing things right so i think that's a, a good kind of point just to kind of set the scene in terms of I want to start with some quite basic questions because I've had my own business now for just over three years and I've probably learned the hard way about some of the things that we're going to touch on. Um, So I think it's for someone who was in my position three years ago that's just kind of starting out. Just give us a little bit of an overview to start with, Zoe, if you would do, about what do we mean by financial planning? What do you do? How can you help people? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question, actually, because financial advisors and accountants, often the terms get used quite interchangeably, but really we are very distinct and different roles. So accountants are brilliant. There's some great ones in the careers community in particular. Um, Their primary role is to ensure that businesses are compliant and doing the tax returns and structured well and all that kind of thing. My job is very much wealth management. So we are here to ensure that business owners are well paid, that they're well protected, and that they have their own sustainable plan, both for business growth and for their own comfortable retirement for their families. Because quite often these two things, people's businesses and themselves, are, you know, intrinsically linked. They are one and the same thing. So both halves of that kind of situation needs to work. So that's what I do. So there are people that think, uh, oh, it's all right. I'll just wing it. I'll just do it. I just want to do something that I love love doing or, um, you know, I'll worry about that somewhere further down the line. Why does it matter? Yeah, it's it's true. And we do hear uh, kind of flippantly people saying things like, oh, my business will be my pension and 
I will just be fine forever. And it, it really doesn't work like that. And if the last few years you'll have seen this yourself through COVID, like we see turbulent challenges and it would be incredibly naive and short-sighted of us all just to think, we'll all just live happily ever after and we'll just retire and everything will be fine. You know, it just genuinely doesn't work like that. It requires planning and foresight and, you know, a strategy just as much as your business does and your kids do, you know, they have to sit exams and they have to prepare for them. It's all the same. Like there are inevitable life events that will happen and weighing it when it comes to business, particularly when things get serious and you employ people and they depend on you to pay their mortgages, etc. Weighing it's really not an option. So having some strategies and some outside help to make these concepts and realities really, really important. What, what do you think? I mean, I, people quite often say, you know, one of the uh, the stalwarts of a networking room is you will always see a financial planner. It's that, you know, there's a lot a lot around. Um, and a lot of people quite often seem, you know, they, they think, oh, I don't need a financial a planner or a wealth management person because I haven't got any money. Uh, I'm not really earning any money yet. So, you know, I, I don't need that. What, what you know, is that is that is that a naivety? You know, what is it? You know, it is the case. Do we need to have money in order to be able to start this process? Do you know, it's such a fair question, especially like the stigmas of wealth management and this kind of stereotype: some city boy in a pink shirt, you know, you know, these millions <laughs> and all of that. You know, there there is this whole sort of stigma, and actually, I would very much argue that the opposite is probably true. Like the people in new businesses who need to be resilient and need more protection. They're at more risk of financial harm. They're at more risk of running out of money through not being prepared. Like these are the people who actually really need the help early on. You know, this is where we have so much value. It's much easier to make money when you've already got tons of money. It's much harder to make and grow and protect money when you start out like probably us three did with, uh, you know, 20 quid yeah. and an old banger, you know, <laughs> we've all been there. So, yeah, it's it's certainly much harder, but there is much more need. So you you really would be wise not to shy away from these things, thinking, oh, maybe I'm not really worthy of that because actually you get the right people around you and your business and your personal life will thrive because you are surrounded by health and, you know, good thoughts <laughs> and good advice. <laughs> Okay, um, thinking, thinking. You know, we said going back to this this person. I almost want to give them a name. I want to call them some, uh, Steve, who's just <laughs> just he's just starting Steve. out. Good old Steve. He's had a job for a while. He, he you know, so he's, he's he's kind of you know he's setting up to start with. Going to be a one man band, but he might have plans to you know grow his business or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But you know, so, so, so Steve, um, very beginning of his business journey. What things does Steve need to think about? Yeah, from a financial Steve. point of view. Well, let's talk about Steve. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So when people leave this kind of slightly sheltered, kind of protected world of employment that is lovely in a lot of ways, like it, it, you see both sides with this. You have people who, um, you know, have come from a guaranteed income. Yeah. They have, you know, have had sick pay, holiday pay. They've had a dedicated marketing support team. You know, they've had all of these kind of things that we take for granted. Don't get me wrong, they also have the corporate nonsense, the calling a meeting to arrange when the next meeting is and, you know, all that other kind of inflexible working. Like there was loads of reasons why I love entrepreneurs and they're great to work with. But when you jump from that frying pan into the fire, you think you're getting a certain thing and in reality you get this 
crazy business, this like overwhelming panic of where on earth am I going to get some yeah. from? How am I going to pay my mortgage? Like this is a big leap into the unknown for our mystery Steve. So where we kind of need to set people off right is like the, the basics of resilience. Like we need to have things in place. So we he makes sure he has good cash flow. We make sure that he has some sort of protection for when and if things go wrong. When you leave that employed role, you leave behind, you know, your death in service schemes, your life cover, your sick pay, like all of that just goes completely out the window. And whilst I appreciate at the beginning it's hard, like everything's a priority, like marketing and everything's a priority. However, without your like protected earnings or without decent cash flow, your business can't physically do anything. So th- there's also mentions, you know, again, it's a fine line. There's so many priorities, but when you leave employment and go out on your own, all of this stuff needs to be factored in to really make sure that you're feeling the benefit of being self-employed, the freedom, the flexibility, the time with your family, all of that also needs to afford your holidays and your pension funds. Otherwise, it's not worth the potential uncapped earning potential. You've you've got to tread that fine line between security and safety and making sure you've provided for yourself in the same way that your company would have. So yeah. it's tricky. Okay. Yeah, I think this is something that uh, that base businesses just don't even contemplate. Um, it, it just doesn't even feature on the plan, you know, that it's get get started with the business, start marketing, start selling, um, you know, all the stuff that goes with that. And, and naturally, this side of things is just almost forgotten about because they were so used to having it before they didn't even think that they needed it. People then catch up, aren't they? Basically, yeah. the, the the you know get the business up and running because that is such a challenge in itself. This stuff does get a little bit a little bit buried. Um, what, what about you? You mentioned there about um, uh, basically income protection. Why why is that important? And I, I, you've you've kind of touched on it, but I think it's 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 right to ask that as a separate question. Um, and yeah. there's a heck of a lot of options out there. So, what should people be looking for? when they're going out and and, and getting a policy because it's very easy just to get some quotes and just you you go for the cheapest because you think great i can afford that uh but it but it might not necessarily be right for people so 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 you know talk to us a little bit about that yeah absolutely right yeah so income protection is very much designed to replace a good percentage on the 70 so percent of your usual earnings so it's vitally important like we are talking about avoiding financial hardship so we're talking about being able to continue paying your bills your mortgage whatever goes on behind the scenes to support your your household basically where you otherwise couldn't so this is you know serious stuff and there's a massive lack of cover but the statistics are fascinating like when you look at what the typical high claims are they're perhaps not what you think you know musculoskeletal situations um Mental health is a massive claim area as well that people don't even think you can be covered for. So when you're looking for this kind of cover, they're not all made equal. You know, there's a huge sort of range of providers. Personally, I like the ones that offer guaranteed premiums because I like to know where you stand. Once you take them out day one, you might think, oh, it's a little bit more serious, £30 or whatever a month. But, you know, in context, after... 20 30 years 30 quid a month is you know a cup of tea so it's you know it's all relative i like the peace of mind now and once it's done it's done it's in force forever 
And for me as well, I also like the ones that um, have like an unlimited payout. So for example, if you were to claim on it once for, I don't know, you had a broken leg, so you couldn't work in your own occupation, to so learn the key point. Some cover only covers like if you can't work at all. Good cover covers for your own occupation, i.e. you cannot do your actual job role. Yeah. Big distinction there. So if you've got, I don't know, a broken leg, that means you can't drive, therefore you can't fulfill your own job role, then you can claim. If three years later, then you have a cancer claim and you are off work for three years, again, you can claim and for that full-time scale. So it's important to check what the cover includes and whether that would be, um, you know, sufficient. Lots of them as well have like a deferred period. So my sister's going through this at the moment, actually. She's like a behavioral analyst and she has a condition at the moment with her arm. She's really struggling to drive and she works with kids at home, you know, kids with autism, various sort of things. And her policy actually doesn't kick in for 13 weeks. Now, when we set this up, she was like, yeah, you know, 13 weeks, it's, it's you know, it's neither here nor there. I can definitely fund it. And she has got sufficient savings to fund it. But now when it's real life and she actually has to work for 13 weeks, she's, you know, twirling her fingers waiting for this policy to kick in. So you've got to think of how this really does feel in real life. And thank God that she's got some. And that that's actually quite an interesting point as well, because um, setting things up is important. And I think, you know, actually, there's a there's an element that people uh, think that's not going to happen to me and things like that, which actually, you know, the statistics say otherwise. But actually, I think um, on top of that, having a regular review of things is also important, isn't it? Because like you just said, you know, all of our circumstances are changing all the time. Um, And what we set in motion uh, early on in the business isn't necessarily a year down the line businesses can look very different in a year oh so different and yeah and so with her she is going to go limited by the end of the year she's self-employed at the moment but her earnings are at a level now where actually she's going to cover into a limited company because it's the right thing to do and just that change alone means that now she can qualify for executive income protection sounds much posher but essentially means Ooh. that her limited company i'm an executive <laughs> it means her limited company can pay for it so not only is it really tax efficient expense for the company it saves the corporation tax but it's also another payment that she as a human doesn't help to find and pay tax on to get out of her company so that little change you know limited companies are such efficient vehicles they're brilliant for planning but not everybody knows you know how to use them to their utmost potential so yeah regular reviews as you change and if you start cheap like we've all been there you've had to compromise you go it's not quite suitable but it'll do for now it's better than nothing then you know you can upgrade in that constant reviewing process is is brilliant for adding value to people's circumstances. And I think it's important just to emphasize you, you can do that, can't you? Because I think you know, kind of some people think once you've signed up to a policy, because it's something that runs and runs, that's kind of it. You've signed up to it and and and, and that's that. I, uh, very similar to the example that, that you were given. Um, so at the moment, my income protection policy has, I think it's 12, it might be 13 weeks, certainly 12 weeks, basically three months before I can before I can claim. But my circumstances at the moment are that's fine, that that works for me. But let's say that a year or two down the line something changes. Maybe I have an investment that I need to make. Maybe I buy a property or whatever it might be. Um and suddenly I'm like, actually I don't have that that fallback myself anymore. I need to change that. That that you know that can be done, doesn't it? This is not this is quite flexible stuff. 
Yeah, actually, everything is, is quite flexible. When you look at things from, you know, pension contributions, they change all the time. Some of my clients need to put more in one month, stop them another month. You know, cash flow is an ever-present beast, isn't it? So you just don't know what that looks like. So, yeah, absolutely. Having someone on hand that will pick up the phone that you can say, you know what, actually, things are tight this month. We need to make a change. Or actually, things are bloody brilliant. You know, let's review things and see if I've still got enough because things are better. It is a constant challenge just keeping on top of things. Then when you add in, you know, a bit of legislation and a budget, you know, some changing interest rates, my God, you can have a whole different set of circumstances and a different set of recommendations just on that alone. So, yeah, having someone you trust to be like part of this whole journey to really get what you're going through is so important. It really makes a big difference. So what about pensions then? Because, you know, for a lot of people coming out of an uh, employment, they've been used to having pensions. They might have pensions and several different jobs and stuff. And they come to the point of being self-employed or in whatever capacity. Um, And, you know, there's this kind of thing, do do I need a pension? You know, I I hear people say all the time, oh, I don't need a pension because I'm buying some properties and I've got the business. And, 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 And actually a lot of businesses are not geared up to be a proper exit plan either. So, are pensions still really important uh, or are they you know are they not as important oh such a good point and um yeah you're absolutely right if i had a pound for a time someone said my business will be my pension but <laughs> think, well, it's not really because you're just your business and you're not gonna be there you know <laughs> what are you gonna do you know it's um it's not a really thought out plan and pensions actually are better than ever like the new reforms they've made, the way that you can hold on to them, the way that you can pass them to your family, like the most tax-efficient way, the way that you can draw them down really strategically to be tax-efficient, like they are the most brilliant vehicles. And yet, unfortunately, it is the self-employed and the company directors who are missing all of this because when you look at the statistics, like nearly 90% of employed people contribute and almost all of them also get, you know, employer contributions as well. So their pension savings are like doubly boosted compared to less than a third of self-employed people like that is frightening we are talking about millions of people across the uk who are not going to have a decent standard of living in retirement that is as blunt as it is because they're not starting early they haven't got time for that sort of cumulative growth they're not getting the tax release that they're entitled to so it is frightening actually um and some of those people also aren't qualifying for the state pension so we are going to have a real epidemic of problem when people get to, you know, maybe 70 for a slot because you're so young over there. <laughs> um, you know, maybe 70 before you get your 10 grand a year state pension. And if you've got no other plan for that and your business has, you know, evolved or has changed or isn't saleable because it's you or, you know, all of these things, it is a real concern if, you know, a real risk of people struggling. So, yeah, there, there is a huge call to pensions Purely because, I mean, if nothing else, they're so tax efficient. You know, as a self-employed person, £100 gets you £25 for free. Like, it is the quickest thing. And when you look at sort of the age of starting, I think a lot of people maybe in their 30s might sort of think, oh, a bit young, bit young for that, you know, pension nonsense. But actually, when you look at the difference it makes between a 30-year-old contributing like £125 a month, so £100 from the bank plus the tax relief, a 30-year-old would have £112,000 at 68, compared to a 40-year-old doing the same thing would only have £68,000. So those, like, we're talking 10 years. It's It feels like nothing, and yet the impact long-term is huge because of the time scale. It's like 
you know, rolling a snowball down a really long hill. The longer it's had to accumulate, the bigger and the more useful it'll be to you over time. And so there is no time like the present. And I totally appreciate it's tough out there. But by neglecting your pension, you're basically just neglecting yourself. And really, your business should be pro- providing and affording all of this. It's the whole point of having your own company is yep. that it's supposed to be looking yeah. out for you better. So it's uh, it's not to be lauded. And, and directors, even more reason. If you're a company director and you've not paying into a pension, then my goodness, you need to be looking at this because the corporation tax relief alone just is a total no-brainer of moving money from profits to your own estate. It's just, you know. Yeah, and that, that's a really good point is if you're a limited company, mm. then, you know, the pension contributions can be made from your company. You're not even having to pay it out of your personal money, are you? So, no. you know, that that's a real benefit. So I think a lot of people don't realise that. No, I agree with you. Yeah, certainly directors don't sort of realise I've done the full value of their company, how useful it could be. And lots of people now, I can't tell you how many inquiries I've had, just about tidying up old pensions, understanding them, you know, really understanding instead of just bits of paper in a drawer, like, what is this going to buy me? How am I going to get there? Can I afford to retire at an age I actually want? I don't want to be dictated to by the state as to when I can retire. I want to have control of that. Entrepreneurial people you know, you can forge your own way, but you need a plan. You know, we need to make sure it actually does happen. So consolidating old things, making new contributions, getting a grip really of of what that looks like. It's it's great. It feels really good. Yeah. So it's it's a bit like the way you're planning your business. You need to be uh, you need to have a, a plan that goes alongside that that's taking you through the journey from start to finish um, and understanding that there's maybe going to be lots of little cul-de-sacs along the way but actually constantly ha- constantly reviewing constantly looking at where you want to be beyond this business um, and starting in a small way moving up to you know the the bigger plans at the end but you, you know, it's almost like you know we, we in another episode we've talked about our 90 day planning you know constantly reflecting on where we're at and where we're going next so it sort of feels the same process in some ways it really is it's it's just about making sure it's working for you as an individual instead of being this you know separate business it's really not it really has to fund you on your goals that's the whole point. <laughs> the the problem with a lot of the stuff that we've talked about there, and I'm going to focus in on pensions just to illustrate this, is it's a bit complicated and it's scary as hell, right? Particularly when you're starting starting a business for the first time and you think pension, bottom of the list, not not going to worry about that at the moment. And it's a hard thing to figure out because there's a lot of moving parts and and none of it is, um, you know, there there are things in the world that are simple and there are things in the world that aren't. And I would put pensions in the aren't category. So, you know, we've all we've all been there at some point when you've got to try and figure out this stuff. And the answer to that conveniently is probably to speak to someone like yourself. Um, but let's talk a little bit about how that process works. So uh, let's go back to Steve. Steve is getting his business up and running and he's realized, bloody hell, I've not thought anything about my pension. I need to get that sorted. He's gone online, looked at a few things, realized I can't, I can't do this by myself. I've got to go and speak to someone. What what would you do with Steve? How how would you help Steve figure out what is right for him in terms of his pension? Mm, yeah, great question. So somebody like Steve, you would definitely start by, you know, 
trying to make the whole thing as simple and as straightforward and as understandable as possible. And essentially, a lot of the time, actually, if we didn't call it pension and we just called it a tax-efficient savings plan, it would seem so much less daunting because the <laughs> complexities of pension really happen much later down the line. Like, I, I agree, they are complex. But they're particularly complicated when you're trying to access them and all of that side of things. And actually, to start with, all it needs is, you know, a little monthly commitment, a hundred quid or so, you know, just a little, a little something just to open the door to the concept of pensions, you know, just to start them off. It really doesn't need to be as complicated as I think sometimes they feel like, like it's a tiny little step into just a regular savings that you don't have to worry too much about, that someone like me will help you, you know, pick a portfolio that does a good job, that's not too risky, it's not, you know, not too com- like complicated. It, it really doesn't have to be this bad. So with our kind of pensions, to give you an idea, I do all our um, first appointments are, are just complimentary. It's just talk. You know, we just have a chat and make sure we all like each other because when you sort of set up with a financial advisor, you get them then. <laughs> they keep cropping up. You know, that's it then. You've got me for life. You will have to see me every year whether you like me or not. And, um, you know, it's a whole part of this kind of journey. So the first stage is like, do we like each other? Are we going to get on forever? You know, can we make a reasonable choice that everything's going to be okay? Then you'll tell me about, about your business and your plans. We'll talk a little bit about sort of what you've had before, whether you've actively chosen any pensions, which most people don't. They seem to end up in a scheme with work that's picked for them. So we'll maybe have a look at those and say, oh, you were really risky at this one. Did you know? You know, how does that make <laughs> you feel? Or, oh, you're investing a lot of oil there, but you told me you're a, you're an eco-artivist. Is that really akin <laughs> to what you're trying to achieve? You know, we'll look at all of these things. And if it's not in line with you as a human, then we'll tweak it to fit and we'll make it work, you know, and then you'll feel more in control. And as we build up more confidence, we build up more funds, then we can have more detailed conversations about, you know, risk choice and all of that kind of thing. But initially to start with, like, it doesn't have to be this bad. And I want people to know as well that you can make contributions, then you can stop them. You can put in £700 a month and then you can panic and stop them. Like, it's okay. You're allowed to have a bit of trial and error. You're allowed to be adaptable. It certainly isn't going to annoy me because I'm just so pleased that you're taking steps and that in the future we'll look back and go, thank God we did that. You know, mm-hmm. that is real job satisfaction for me because I know that we're doing the right thing at the right time and giving you the best opportunity for long-term wellness financial wellness that's what we want so it's gonna i think that's i think that's a really important message isn't it because we know that business is constantly evolving and adapting and you you, knowing that you can adapt things like that alongside what's going on um is is quite reassuring isn't it and 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 everyone pays themselves in different ways in business as well so you can kind of you know if you're more of a pay yourself quarterly you might be making more lump sum payments whereas other people just want that nice steady set of money going out every month or you know it with, with the likes of me you know a few years ago there was very little there was you know I started this business on on a you know on no money and so there wasn't any money but my pension has been was set up ready and it will go with them you know the minute I had the, the funds to be able to pay into it so I did the work as I up. yeah you know, got it all ready and and it just sat there until you know there was enough money coming in for the contributions to be made so I think that's another really important message to be able to you know that you can set this up you don't have to do it immediately it, it you just get the groundwork in place just get it ready just get it ready to roll when you're ready to roll and that's the whole point of this you know it's 
it's preparedness, it's thinking in advance, it's getting things ready so that, you know, ultimately no business starts off making a million. It just doesn't work that way. That's nice, doesn't it? But, you know, these early conversations are where it all begins. It gets you on the right path. And that's all that we really can hope for is that you're on the right path. And it's peace of mind for business owners. You know, when things are set up and things like expression of wishes on pensions are, are massive, like they're like a little will because your actual will doesn't cover your actual pension. So the amount of times I've met people and we've looked at their old pensions and it's like their first girlfriend and they've been married and divorced twice since then. You know, yeah, I've heard that happen a lot. So yeah, there's lots of like other stuff and it's like peace of mind. It's like a job off the list. I've done a thing. I'm in good shape. I'm working on it. It's not perfect, but I'm working on it is is much better than I've ignored it and I've put it in a drawer and now I'm 54, you know? <laughs> One of the things that we would, we're, like, we're hoping that people will do having listened uh, to these uh, episodes is that they will... Uh, be able to go away and implement this in some sort of practical way so would you like to set our listeners a little bit of homework so that they can go away and work on a few steps that will help them to move in the direction of uh, financial harmony oh i'd love to i'm not giving people work to do i would um, and so essentially i would love to do that and i think the easiest way to do is like a little mlt so I'd love it if you went and grabbed a bit of paper and a pen. And we're going to do a little financial MNT on the key, like, three stages of business financial uh, planning. So we start with resilience. So the first half of this quiz will look at how resilient your business is. And actually, when you read the statistics around, because I'm such a geek, I really do like to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> when you read the, about how new businesses stack up to, like, really established businesses, actually resilience the the younger crowd with younger businesses tend to get this right a lot of the time. We're not just talking about financial resilience. We're talking about operational resilience and personal resilience. You as an entrepreneur, how resilient are you? So the first half of this quiz is all about resilience. Essentially, self-employed people and small businesses are at the greatest risk of shock. You know, so when sure. COVID came, the people that shook the most were naturally us business people because there's less kind of security. There's less enforced security through employers <laughs> but getting this right resilient businesses are six times more likely to grow so this has got a direct correlation between how how resilient you make yourself the foundations you got right from the beginning and how well your business will ultimately do like these are proven things so let's talk a little bit about um resilience so you can identify some areas you kind of protect your business from future risks. so question one do you have six months worth of typical business spending set aside as an emergency fund? So if you looked at your bank statement every month, let's say if you had, I don't know, four grand a month of committed outgoings, you would need six months worth set aside. Now, this is just for healthy cash well, I wonder how many businesses have actually got that. <laughs> I wonder how many large businesses have got that, actually. Yeah. Based on, you know, what went on in uh, during the pandemic, I suspect quite a lot of them didn't. Well, absolutely. I think some people would fall short. But when we look at, like, stress testing, I mean, COVID seemed like a huge and unexpected event and i'm not saying it wasn't because it was however there will always be unexpected events yeah. so we have to move away from this mindset of whoa it was such a surprise into 
no <laughs> things do happen things will go wrong you have to be prepared for that and the, the obvious thing is to make sure you've got cash reserves so that whatever life throws at you you've got a little bit of leeway yep. so that is question one yep. question two slightly different but a similar thread is would you be able to make a financial investment into your business at short notice if required so this is more about can you seize an opportunity as it arises you know if something comes along and you think right that bit of equipment this staff member this contract i need to bid for this premises would make a huge difference like could you act upon that because that is all part of business growth okay question three is could you easily adapt your business model so unsurprisingly, the businesses who are the most flexible and resilient and adaptable are often B2B businesses, businesses that sell to other businesses, as reduce risk of things like recession causing big impact on how people spend. Mm-hmm. And also online businesses, as you would imagine, less overhead, more flexible, quick to adapt. So is there a plan for that? As part of that, understanding and getting real-time feedback from your customers and from your colleagues, employees, whatever, is massive because it helps you spot changing trends as opposed to being on the battlefield once it already happened. So yep. we're looking yeah. forward, we're listening, are we engaging with people? Do we know when we need to change our business model? Okay. And there's a bit of trial and error in that as well, to be fair. Four is what we touched on earlier, which is have you got a contingency plan in place if you are ill? Like physically, can your business run? Who's going to pick that up? Can you afford it to run? All of those things, what happens? Illness is not unusual. Like, be prepared. It happens. It happens. Five, as a business, do you understand the importance of your own well-being and your employees' well-being? This is huge when we look at resilience. You know, your people are absolutely key you know are they in a place to adapt are they in a place to take over are they confident about the future like if you can't have this kind of worthy conversation then you will struggle and that comes for yourself as well you know do you give back have you got wellness programs i am um, do a for free because i think it's the right thing to do for, for the community in all honesty so i do a workplace well-being seminar so i will go into workplaces where they've got more than 20 employees and we'll do like a lunchtime learn or we'll do some scam awareness or we'll talk about pensions i love pensions um, but we'll do all of this because it's all about education the more you know the more you understand the better decisions you can make it's just good sense so well-being is huge financial and otherwise and burnout obviously is a real problem for small yeah. businesses and then we look at enjoyment so if you're going to run your own business like you know it needs to be an enjoyable journey to keep you motivated to have that drive to run a business so the next question is specifically about enjoyment so six is are you taking advantage of your flexible working schedule in a positive way or are you just working oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes nikki uh, yes i'll just i'll just stay quiet on that question <laughs> <laughs> so babe, is your business providing for you in the same way that a respectable big business would all the things we've talked about insurances pensions etc you know um and then number eight we touched on this briefly but not so much but this is more about exit we're talking about the final the final plans so eight is are you basically the entire business you know without you is your business redundant in which case 
you're not going to have that kind of sales plan. There is no big bonanza at the end. So there are a lot of things you can do with business coaches. It's a much better place to talk about all of these things. I'm sure you'll speak to one in the future. But particularly, I really love the E-Myth Revisited, the business book. Oh, yes. If you guys have read it. I just love it. When you are like the technician in your business and then you start this business and it follows the story of this like pie shop woman who is like baking pies. She loves baking pies. And then she starts a business and oh my God, then it shows like all the other stuff she's trying to do while sourcing baking pies. And she can't see the wood for the trees, but this pie shop and it's really interesting reading. It's so It really is one of those books that every new business should read to get your head around that concept of whether you are creating a business or whether you're creating a job for yourself. Um, and if you've created a job for yourself, there is no value in that. Uh, if you've created Absolutely. a business, then potentially that does have value provided it's set up properly and it's that whole idea of of getting your business set up in the organizational structure from day one even if your name is on every job to start with at least shows you what you're actually trying to achieve otherwise yeah. you've just created a job and there, there's no financial value in selling your job to somebody yeah basically just go get to with so much ease. yeah you know have a business i'll have a job don't like yeah. trying to have both oh yeah it's a great read have a read of that if that's you um, Nine is, is there an age? Is there a plan? Is there an income expectation? And is this realistic? Let's get a grip on retirement. And 10, the final thing is how saleable is it? Like if you have a viable, sellable business, are the systems slick? You know, having slick systems actually, like statistically, means you can demand 86% more value for your business if you can prove it's like operational. You know, a mic drop. I'll be off HR business as opposed to, oh my goodness, I'm going to spend the next 10 years in grading you to take over my place because I am in every possible bit of this business. So, and also things like hiding profits for the sake of being tax efficient. We see this a lot, like people being put through so many expenses that their business looks unprofitable because they were being tax aware, you know, paying little tax, but then they basically have shown that they've got no value to their business. So having a five-year plan to exit is sensible um, to try and, you know, get your business to be this thing that you, in your mind it is, but maybe to the commercial market might not look the same. So yes, there are my 10 questions to, wow. to really audit your business. No, that's good. That's um, the most thorough homework that anyone has set so far. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good. That's good. Um, we will stick a version of those questions into the show notes as well. So anyone that's not not had the pen and paper with them, then go and search out those questions in the um, in the show notes. Um, I mean, it, it is it's rhetorical. It, it's an opportunity for people to answer those questions for themselves. But if they do answer them and think, uh, actually, do you know what? I need some help with this. And having just listened to you, uh, Zoe, things actually maybe you're the person to help me how do people get in touch or find out more about you and what you do well that would be very lovely and absolutely i, I love being the start of people's journey because you've had so much value in those early stages and also it's very cost effective because i am a really good sounding board i will just sit and listen and you can tell me everything and we'll figure out a way to get you where you tried to go and that kind of thing is just, you know, it's just guidance. We're just talking. I'm just a human like everybody else. Um, so come and find me. You can just call my mobile. I'm always on the thing. Um, and we'll put all the details somewhere, won't we? Emails and what have you. But you can get a hold of me anywhere across Yorkshire in general. We are very much, you know, here to help. Pop in. We'll have a cup of tea. 
in a traditional Yorkshire way. And let's <laughs> talk about it, make some plans. Excellent. Mine's decaf. <laughs> See you later on. <laughs> so it's been really, really good. Some amazing points in there. Hopefully, if we can help you know one person who is at the start of their journey avoid one of those pitfalls, one of those mistakes, and help them um, as as they make those steps into business, then it's been it's been well worthwhile. So yeah. thank you for your time. Thank you, Zoe. Thanks, guys. It's been amazing. It's so nice. And hopefully, there'll be a lot more people out there now being way more proactive with their financial planning. <laughs> <laughs> I probably scared everyone to this song. <laughs> well, that's a good place to start. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, Zoe. Well, thank you for your attendance today. I hope you've learned something new. Every day is a business school day after all. If you'd like to contact us or perhaps put yourself forward as a future guest, find either Nikki or myself on LinkedIn, or you can drop us a line using the links in the show notes. Right, school is out. Please wait for the bell before you leave. <laughs>